Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Tim Miller, sports editor. Chad Williamson, managing editor of the Journal Tribune. Alexi Pavlov, sports editor of the Richwood Gazette. Bob Putman, sports writer of the Journal Tribune. All right, so we are in the official second half, right, of the season. We've got, we've got six games under our belt. Where do you guys want to begin? Well, we're going to start with Marysville's victory over a pretty good Hilliard Derby team. It was a nice win for the Monarchs coming back from a loss at Grove City. So, Chad, what were your impressions of the yeah. game? Yeah, Marysville won 1914. It doesn't sound like a real exciting game, but actually it was. Uh, the teams didn't pass much, so they kind of burned through the clock a lot. And there were some <laughs> drives. Honestly, there, there was the longest drive I've ever seen in a high school football game during this game. So, you know, the you weren't going to have a real high-scoring game because the, the clock was just running all the time. And I think what people that went to this game probably saw is two teams that were – they ran different styles of offense, obviously. Uh, uh, Darby runs that midline, midline veer, um, which is – boy, if you're trying to take photographs of that. I was taking pictures of guys that didn't have the ball all night long. <laughs> they, they run it real well, and they have dark jerseys, <laughs> and they just all bend over, and you have no idea who's got the ball. So I can't even imagine what it's like to try to stand out there and tackle them. About the only thing Darby could do better is maybe take a few of the light bulbs out of their lights <laughs> at the home stadium, and then you really wouldn't be able to see that ball in their black uniforms. But That's uh, option football, baby. you know, it was it's 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 rough to get a handle on. You know, it's assignment football for defense, and and Marysville didn't. They, there was one big play, but in terms of long runs, Marysville didn't allow like long long runs. But boy, it's hard to stop from getting five yards when it's hard to tell who has the ball. So. Basically, you know, I say it was two – they ran different offenses, but the teams were similar in that they had bend but don't break defense. You know, they had ball control offense. And they were just honestly really evenly matched. Now, I think, Tim, you told me that – or or I heard that the their quarterback was dinged up and the kid that was – they had kind of a smallish kid out there running the offense. And then the bigger kid – Number seven, I can't remember his name. He scored the touchdown. Man, uh, well, I can't remember. Anyway, they someone had told me that he was uh, he did more of their running, just straight line running. And I think what it was is his ankle was banged up. They said so they didn't want him doing all the twisting coming out from under center and reading and going down the line. Mm-hmm. They just kind of handed it off to him in a straight line. He was a big kid, and he ended up. You know, he ran for what sixty two. Set him sixty-two yards and and a score. He was he was a he was a big kid. But so I guess I should start from the beginning. Marysville comes out and hits a real nice. Comes out and passes three times in the first drive, which is not Marysville football. They usually you know run 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 and mm-hmm. pass when needed. And you know they were coming out passing on first down on a couple as they're moving the chains and uh, and Seeger hit Colton Powers over on the on the right side and he took it up the sidelines for a forty-six yard touchdown. And, you know, got him out to a 7-0 lead in the first half. Then Darby went on the most ungodly <laughs> drive. They get pinned at the one-yard line on a Marysville punt with four minutes to go in the first quarter and kept the ball until four minutes in the second quarter. They went on a full quarter, essentially 12-minute drive, that went 99 yards, and I'll say this, it went more than 99 yards because they got flagged for penalties. 
during this drive, and Marysville just could not. It was not big plays. It was just methodical. Seriously, a 12-minute drive, 99-plus garbage yards on penalty garbage yards. It it was an impressive drive capped off with a seven-yard run. And, man, I'm telling you, I was watching it, and it, like, drains you. I can't imagine what Marysville's (laughs) defense felt like. And you're thinking, well, man, that could take the steam right out of Marysville. I mean, that was like – that's like a fighter taking body blows for eight straight rounds and, you know, just feeling kind of crippled. That being said, Marysville comes back. There were only two possessions. There was part of that possession, and Marysville possessed it once in the second quarter, and that was it. (laughs) Actually, from four minutes to go, the last 16 minutes of the half, Darby had it once and Marysville had it once. 12 minute drive that's like that's a good option team knowing how to run their offense but it but it also it shows you they're not breaking huge runs they're not getting big chunks they're just they're just beating you up Mm -hmm. so marysville but marysville comes back down gets in there and gets a gets a 29 yard field goal um from xavier heller right before the half which was it's a nice positive to come back from that from that drive on so they come out in the second half and and it's a little more back and forth, you know, without scoring. But Heller did hit a long, hit a 42-yard field goal, which was nice. He, he, you know, he put his leg into it well. In the fourth quarter, Darby comes back and does what Marysville did in the first quarter. They score on a real quick, long pass, a 68-yard pass over the top, probably what Marysville fans were seeing all last week against Grove City. Mm-hmm. Just a bomb. Five, the guy's five yards behind the closest Marysville defender. I do not know how that keeps happening, but <laughs> it happened. So they get a touchdown and the PAT, and they take a 14-13 lead with, I think there were four minutes. I should have I should have brought that in here with me, but I think there were four or five minutes left in the game. Um, the first lead, they the first lead, uh, the Panthers had had in the game. Once again, like after the long drive, Marysville comes back and puts together, you know, a pretty nice drive of their own. They got it. They got a good kickoff return out to about the forty, and then move down inside, inside the five with about, you know, under a minute to go with about thirty seconds to go. And, and here's what I'll say: when, when. Bradley, Bradley, when Darby kicked their extra points, it was everything that kid had. Brad, Darby's kicker, it took everything he had to get an extra point over. They tried a 30-yard field goal in the first half, and the kid, it was clear the kid had to try to put some extra gusto into it and shanked it. <laughs> Marysville, on the other hand, you know, Heller's leg is pretty effortless from, I'd say, 35 in. And even the 42-yarder, he wasn't like cranked up. He just he just hit it well. So you get down to the five-yard line and talking to Brent Johnson after the game, I said, okay, when they got down to the five, they had a little under a minute left, and there was no run up there to call timeout. They had all three timeouts. You know, you think maybe you get down to the five, you call your timeout real quick, and you got, you know, 50 seconds to run your plays. They were, they were taking the clock off. And, and what I say about that is in high – Pro and in college, even you see teams that go take that down, knowing if we don't score, we're going to kick this field goal with no time left, and we're going to win it. In high school, you don't see coaches have quite as much confidence in their kicker. You know, they want they want the touchdown. 
they know that they're they've got a better chance turning hand that ball off to some, and somebody blasting in than they do a kid hitting you know even even a twenty or thirty yard field goal. Marysville's coaching staff had that confidence in Heller that they were playing it almost like a pro game. They were going to go up there. They were going to they were going to run a play. In fact, Darby called timeout. It got down to like thirty seconds, and Darby called a timeout because they knew what was going to what was going to happen. You know, Marysville has a play called. I don't know if they had a couple of plays called from that after that timeout. It didn't really matter because on the first play, Colton Powers went in from five yards out, and you know that was the deciding factor in the game. But it, it kind of said something that Marysville's coaching staff had that confidence in Heller that hey, if we run a play or two here and don't get it, we're going to call a timeout with under ten seconds. We're going to snap and kick this field goal and get out of here with a two point win. That's that's pretty impressive. You know, I'm impressed by that. You know, that's a lot of confidence in your kicking game in a, from a high school coach. Yeah, well, they've seen him work this year, and yeah. they obviously felt that he had the leg to do it. And that 42 yard field goal, one of the plays of the game. Basically. Oh my! Well, think about it. you know, uh, Darby missed a 30 yarder. If they had hit that, they're up four at at yeah. the end of the game, and the decision making is completely different. Mm-hmm. But as it turned out, he couldn't hit a 31 yarder. Marysville comes down, has the com- all the confidence in the world in their kicker, and they get a strategize completely different at the end of the game mm-hmm. because of the difference in the two kickers in this game. And you don't you don't often say that in a high school game is that you know the the kicking the the field goal extra point kicking was a really a big deciding factor. And this was one of the clearest examples I've ever seen in high school football of like it really played into the game plan, the strategy, and everything. And when it came down to it at the end of the game, sure Marysville scored with a touchdown, but the strategy was there to just kick that field goal and took a lot of the pressure off, I think, the offense. Yeah. What was your overlying sense of Marysville's psyche after this game? Well, you know, they had their chances. Obviously, I wasn't at last week's game, but it sounds like just it's the was the nightmare scenario for Marysville, you know, just this team that just wants to throw and throw over the top nonstop. So they come back out. They could they could they could have been down in the dumps. They could have, you know, just kind of they didn't even start slow in this game. You know, they came out and scored in their first drive. They seemed confident. That 12-minute 12, 12 drive came out. They responded. They lost the lead late. They responded. There's no quit. They're not They're not done. You know, I think maybe they thought they'd have a better record than 4-2 and two at this point, you know, after last year or whatever. But they're, they're clearly not laying down, you know, they're, and they're evolving their game in terms of passing and getting some other kids in there running the ball. They're, they're still growing. At this point in the season, that's which is the type good. of mindset that they're going to have to have in the playoffs too, because you could get down and you're going to have to respond when you if you get down during a, a postseason game. I think playoffs and even this league, you know, what I've told everybody that this league Marysville's in this year is they're all the same team, and I don't mean that in terms of their offense or the way they're built, but in terms of talent and the way they're progressing. Now, sure. This week's opponent, uh, Jerome's five and zero. But if you look, they're winning one score games. They're six and zero. That's right. <laughs> I missed that week. I was asleep that one week. They're six and zero. But they're winning a lot of one score games. You know, they they blew out a couple people early. But and if you look around Marysville's league, the team that's what every team is doing. You know, even, like I've said before, even Thomas Worthington is up this year. Mm-hmm. You know. The Hilliards are, are similar, you know, all in change. Like, everybody is the same kind of makeup. They're, they're winning some close ones. 
outside of Jerome, they're losing some close ones. You know, I, I know I've said it before, and, and I hold to it. I don't think anybody's coming out of this league without a league loss. No. You know. I, I think, you know, from what I've seen in the standings, any team in the division can beat anybody else. That's exactly right. I don't think there's a bottom, and I don't think there's a top. I, I think it's a big mass in the middle, and they're going to beat each other up the whole league schedule. It's going to be the cream in between on the door. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be, you know, you might – I hope somebody's figuring out what the tiebreakers are in that league <laughs> to claim the title because – Penalty kicks. I think I think it might be, you know. I hope it's not I hope it's not longest drive because Darby <laughs> sealed that up. But, you know, I, it, it, I think it's going to be a – it's going to be a super evenly matched league, and it's going to be ugly. You know, when you have leagues like that, one turnover somewhere mm-hmm. in, a, in a weird game mm-hmm. loses you a league contest, and all of a sudden you're out of the league title contention. And Marysville's looking to make it three. three three in a row. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're right there for it. I think the they're job good enough. The, the Brent is doing this year, sort of compare, compare what he has done what he had to do last year with a team that was, you know, top to bottom pretty good. Yeah. This year, the team has had to work and had to do some some extra things uh, to get the job done. How has Brent been able to do that? Last year, I'll say, especially on on defense, I'd say last year, you didn't have to game plan a whole lot for some of the teams. He just went out and let his horses do what they do. This year, they have to, they have to game plan, especially on defense. And, you know, they don't get a tremendous amount of pressure on the quarterback. They don't get a tremendous amount of back, you know, backfield depth. You know, push into the backfield, um, except when they blitz occasionally. So, what you find them playing is that gap assignment football, and it relies on good tackling. You know, because you're going to have kind of a one-on-one situation because they're not disrupting plays in the backfield. So, their game planning. I think they have to game plan more on defense. And on offense, you know, they're they're trying. I think they're trying to not wear down Colton Powers to let him stay a little bit fresh for defense. So they're bringing in other people like Nasir Smith or or uh, Kratowskis mm-hmm. to get some reps. Um, there's some other guys too, um, but they're not just. There were situations last year where if they needed a run, you kind of knew based on whether they were going to attack inside or outside or have more success. You knew who was going to run the ball. It's not really like that this year. You know, they're also throwing the ball a lot more on first down. So it, there's an evolution there. There's a – they've definitely grown more. Like, you talk about – if you're looking at this like it's a kid in class and he's just a smart kid and he always gets A's. Well, that was last year's team. This year's team is a kid – that maybe was behind because of COVID and started out, you know, like a C student, and he's really growing up to like a B student right now. So the growth is there, you know, and I think, I think, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but if I had to guess, they're having to spend a lot more time breaking down film, you know, they're really having to strategize more and, you know, figure out, look, you know, we're not, knockout artists this year, we've got to figure out where we can get our jabs in, and they have to figure out how to game plan that every week, you know, because as you see, last week this team comes out and just bombs them with passes. This week, midline veer. You know, they're, they're seeing a lot of different – it's not like they're seeing the spread every week and they just plan for it. They have to change their strategy every week based on based on what they're seeing. And, and you know, 
I'd say they're, the coaching staff's probably getting less sleep this year because they're having <laughs> – look, they've got good athletes, but to turn good athletes into a great team, you've still got to have a good game plan. Well, you were talking about how you don't think anybody in the division is going to get out of there without at least one loss. This Friday night's homecoming game for Marysville is going to go a long way to see who may – be the top dog when everything's settled. Uh, Dublin Journal, like we said, they're 6-0. and They're coming into town. Uh, not only as far as the division's concerned, but also computer points for the yeah. state playoffs because they're both in Region yeah. 2 of D1. Uh, they win this game. It could go a long way to getting them a home game in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Jerome's first in the region. Marysville, despite the loss or the win last week against Derby, they slipped to twelfth. That's weird. They're they're so, beating teams now that have yeah. that have wins under their belts, and it yeah. seems like they're sliding back in the in the polls. So a win by Marysville, I think, will shoot them up to at least sure. eighth. I would think. The problem becomes part of this part of the problem with this league is. You don't find bad coaches in this league. No, you don't. You don't find, you know, rebuilding years in this mm-hmm. league. You've got, you know, and it's uh, it's Glass, and it's Brett Glass, Brett Glass from yeah. from Alder who got eyefuls of Marysville in the past. Yeah. And look, if you've seen that wing tee that Marysville runs, you've seen yeah. it. So he knows it, and he'll if anybody knows how to how to battle it. Well, it's I talked. I talked to both Brent Johnson and Brett on Sunday, and and uh, I was joking around with Brett. He and I go way back, and I asked him, "You're not going to give away any trade secrets, are you?" He said, "No, not really." He said, "There's there's really no secret between these two teams, because we've played Coach Johnson's teams." Here and also when he when he was the head coach at Alder. Yeah, I think so. he played him, and they were on the schedule like every year when he was at Alder. So yeah. I don't yeah. even know if there was a year he hasn't played Marysville. I don't think so. Uh, Drum, they usually opened with Alder, didn't they? One Marysville? of the first yeah, two games. Were, yeah. Most of the time they opened, yeah. I think it was at least the first two games. Yeah. Jerome's gonna come out in a spread offense, but again, they're like any Brett Glass coach team either at Jerome or Alder, they're going to want to establish the run first. Uh, they've got a pretty decent running back by the name of Luke McLaughlin. I think he ran for something like 130 yards last week against Thomas Worthington. But they can throw the ball if they have to. They'll, they'll do some play-action pass. And uh, there are some, a couple, three receivers, Zach Thomas and Braden Alford are two of them. But uh, they like to run zone, and Coach Johnson said they're going to have to be able to stop that running game, get them in predictable downs, and try to fill in those gaps that uh, Jer- Jerome can build, can open on their offensive line. Both Brent and Brett commented about how Dublin Jerome's been involved in some close games this year, and they've won them, like you were alluding to earlier. So I don't think Jerome's going – if it's a tight game, Jerome's not going to fold, but I don't think Marysville's going to fold either. Um, It was good to see that they cut down on their penalties and turnovers from the Grove City game. Yeah, the only only turnover in the entire game for either team was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Yeah. But, you know, Marysville doesn't – I don't have the stats in front of me, but Marysville doesn't create a lot of turnovers. You know, the last few years that defense has created a lot of turnovers, 
this year Marysville's just not creating as many, yeah. you know, whether they're not swatting at the ball or, or yeah. getting the right spots on pass defense. But that's a big part of high school football is getting getting turnovers. Yeah. And but Marysville didn't have turnovers like they no. had against Grove City, and that's a good thing because and, – And five penalties. You know, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's absolutely acceptable in high school football. That's cutting them down more than half from yeah. what they had against Grove City. Uh, this is going to be a game I think – this could come down to one or two plays, mm-hmm. or, or momentum, or if a team, or yeah. if a team comes out of the gate and really smacks the other one in the mouth. Yeah, they might. You know, Marysville's shown resiliency. Obviously, Jerome's got some pedigree, and they're they're state ranked at this point. Yeah. But that's not to say if you know one of them gets two quick scores on the other one, you know, they might be able to. That 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 might could be, able to be the difference right that. there. But again, it's. I envision this game is coming down to one or two mistakes by somebody. And it, it could be a three or seven point win either way. This one's a hard one to predict. I think, you know, Marysville's got the home field advantage. Uh, it's homecoming. Uh, like, like Brent said, I want the guys to enjoy homecoming, but they've got to realize that the task at hand is on Friday night. You know, but you've also, and like you said, computer points aside, if Marysville sees two losses at this point in the year as, well, we're a little behind where we should be, knocking off an undefeated team in your, you know, in your seventh game can really propel you to where, okay, now we're back up to where we think we should be. Yeah, it would... They would climb several stories on that elevator if that happened. Um, it's it, it, it's a going to be a festive atmosphere. Uh, both teams are going to you know both say, teams, somebody's going to get crowned. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> getting crowned, and, and it may not be the queen. <laughs> but you know, both teams want to win the division. Marysville's done it the last two years. I think Brett's team also wants some paybacks because Marysville's kind of had their way with them yeah. for the last few years. I mean, heck, that I think that COVID year, Marysville beat them twice because I think they saw them in the playoffs, playoffs that year right. too. That they was beat them the, regular season that, and playoffs. Yeah, that was before. That was the year before Brett became head coach. No, that was, was it? 2020. Yeah, yeah, but they're still they're wanting that payback. Yeah. Uh, Brett just came out and said, "This game's huge." Mm-hmm. He said one of the goals they set in the preseason, they want to knock Marysville off mm-hmm. the top in the division. He says, we beat them. That's going to go a long, long not, way. Not so. to mention, you know, like Marysville always scheduled Jonathan Alder or in the old days North Union or whoever. Like those backyard rivalries are, are big. And, you know, I don't know if anybody's been down in Jerome Township and driven around, but Jerome's got three schools in this county. Like they're – they're as neighborly to us as Alder and North Union mm-hmm. and any of the schools we regularly cover. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a backyard game. Now, I'll say this. I've never been impressed with the way Jerome's traveled. I don't know what the deal is in terms of community support, but, you know, people that from down there have told me that people still see Dublin Dublin's football team as Kaufman. You know, in terms of the community who doesn't have a kid in school or something, they think it's Kaufman. So Jerome's kind of fighting that identity battle within its own district, and they haven't traveled well. But that doesn't take away from the fact that, like, these are still, you know, this is there's a lot, there's a lot of Union County voters that are doubling Jerome school district. If this game, if if this type of game with everything that's on the line Friday night, if that doesn't bring out 
Jerome faithful that I, I don't know, know what. I know. I'll take a picture of the crowd and send it to you. <laughs> but I, I'll bet it's. I'll bet it's not full. I, I hope. I'm, I hope. I hope the weather's great. I hope I'm disappointed. I know Marysville site will be. Oh filled. well, a Marysville site is you know. is full. Yeah. I don't care Perhaps. if they play in Anchorage. It's because we got a good band and we got Chick Fil A sandwiches That's and a snack right. bar, and that That's and that right. brings out the masses. I mean, people know how to eat here. Yeah, I went to the Fairbanks Marysville volleyball game last night, and I saw a sign shredded chicken sandwiches. I get up there to the concession stand. Where they they had one spoonful left. I said, give me the spoon. we got to get there before, you know, the midway point of the game. Uh, Tim, you got to go a little earlier if you want to get your (laughs) chicken. Let's swing over to North Union. What's on their agenda this week, Bob? Chad, you talked about the Marysville uh, game this week about somebody smacking somebody in the mouth early. Well, North (laughs) Union sure did that to Northwestern uh, on Friday night. Uh, The first touchdown of the game – came within 45 seconds of the kickoff. And they scored four times in the first quarter. And then three plays into the second quarter, they scored again. So it was 34 to nothing with about 15 minutes of playing action. And a starting quarterback sitting with his mama the rest of the (laughs) game. Well, I was getting ready to say the the offense, there were were parts of the offense that didn't play more than a quarter and a half of that game. Uh, and the second half, they didn't play them all. But Ohio so, State fans are probably wondering where that strategy was when they had the starters in late against yeah. Wisconsin. But uh, it it was, uh, and I'm gonna have to. It was it was a strange game in the fact that it was homecoming for North Union, and whether it was because the Wildcats jumped out so quick to take the lead, but there wasn't a lot of energy at that game. Uh, it was you know. The, the crowd didn't seem to be into it very much, and it just uh, – uh, and to a certain extent, the, the play on the field looked that way too. So, I, you know, but Nick said we got the league started. Nick Hager said we got the league season out off with a win, which is what you want to do. Um, and they, uh, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. They, t- they took the heart out of Northwestern early. Is that the score? I mean, did, did the game play out like it should have? Oh yeah, should they have it, beat him that bad? It yeah. probably should have been worse. Yeah, had had the starters played longer, yeah. it would have been worse. But when you start substituting number one players in the middle of the second quarter, uh, I mean that that says a you know it says yeah. pretty much what you thought. Yeah, yeah it probably had they played in the first half, that there it had been more points. Northwestern scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it close to keep the clock from running all the time. Uh, but uh, but it was you know a, a, a very good performance as as Nick said to me we got a lot of players in the game Friday night they had twelve different players run the ball wow. have running stats Friday you know, night so high school you don't a lot of times they say in college with the polls and things you need to run that score up into the fifties and sixties when you can high school it doesn't benefit you to do that it almost benefits you more to get those yep. get those juniors and sophomores and even maybe some freshmen some Friday night light experience. Yeah, and that's exactly what Nick talked about after the game. He says, we got some kids in there who don't normally, you know, play that much on Friday night. So it got them used to the, you know, uh, the action of, of what uh, what they do. It was homecoming. Yeah. That's like, and you know, so that made them, that, that made North Union 5-1. And, one. Um, and uh, uh, you know, bouncing back from uh, uh, the loss that they had the week before against Jonathan Alder, uh 
you know, to set the tone that early uh, was was something uh, uh, that Nick really liked what he saw. Uh, this week they uh, they go against Benjamin Logan. Uh, Benjamin Logan is two and four. Um, they uh, defeated Indian Lake last week, forty four to seven. But we've said Indian Lake seems yeah. like they're underperforming yeah. this year, and that that broke a four game losing streak uh, for Ben Ben Logan. And uh, they have two wins, and uh, they have two losses. Two of their losses are by two points. But I gotta say, in the four losses, they've given up 154 points. So they they do they do give up a lot. So uh, and I remember uh, last year when we came to this uh, Benjamin Logan Nortinian game, we talked about the Benjamin Logan quarterback who was leading the league, and Coach Hajar was worried about him and all this kind of stuff. And they and they you know negated him in a pretty uh, pretty strong fashion. Well, it hasn't changed this year. The same kid is still there. Uh, he leads the league in in passing. Well, you gotta throw it. But when you're you when you're, de- if you're getting when you're getting when you're getting thumped, you gotta yeah. throw the ball a lot. So you know. Uh, but he but Dick says this this team the, the little different than last year. They they uh, they picked up a transfer student. Uh, he 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 I think he said uh, uh, Liberty Salem. No, West Liberty. West, West Liberty. Yeah, and uh, transferred over to get get two wins as far yeah. as the season. <laughs> and uh, but he he uh, uh, he he wasn't sure that's where he was from. But they picked up. Uh, but they uh, they do provide some you know some competition. Uh, uh, they they do run uh, some multiple formations. They run out of the spread. But their quarterback uh, Cam Allen, he's the guy that they got a key on because he's. Uh, He's thrown for over 1,200 yards so far through the first six games. So he's the guy you've got to uh, uh, key on. They do have a, a running back who rushed for 200 yards last week. So um, they uh, – They had a quarterback um, throwing that much, that many yards. They had a running back over 200 yards and has got 200 yards on him and they had two wins, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When your defense yeah. plays Matador style. I was going to say, oh, they, they send know. eight guys out there on defense or what? Are they? I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the kid's name that had the two hundred yards is Trevor Barry, and that might be the the transfer that he's talking about. I, I don't know for sure, but uh, um, but it'll be. Uh, and, and he talked about their defense. I asked uh, Dick. I says, uh, says, what kind of what kind of defense do they run? He says, I don't really know because they they change it up a lot. So, so they. So they're uh, and when you give up 154 points in four yeah. games, you probably are searching for some defense. The defense, the sponge. What, uh, <laughs> what defense are they uh, running for? Uh, you know, yeah. I fully expect uh, uh, North Union to come through in, in, in real strong fashion. The 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 odd thing about this season is um, this is their final regular season home game this week. They're on the road. For, for the next three weeks after this Friday, Marysville's Marysville's three of their last four are at home. Yeah, which yeah. is I didn't realize that coming into the season. So, but it, uh, you know, that's a uh, he, he talked about that. This is you know, uh, it won't be their last home game because I I think North Union with the finishing out, I think they will get a home game the first week of the playoffs. But he says, you know, that last that last game on your home field is a you know, a, a special thing, and it just comes sort of it's odd. A, but it's a good thing they've got a playoff game because that would really stink to have your last home game be this early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to have senior night this Friday, and they had homecoming <laughs> last week, and, well, and they still night. got three games to go yet. Well, yeah, or parent? Have they done parent night? Uh, yeah. That's good. That's going to be Friday senior night. Senior yeah. night. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Gosh. And oh God. Uh, all sorts of pageantry. But you know, that's it's just it's just really odd that you know you, we're week seven and Northeen's going to be done with their home season, so home regular season. So it's just uh, so that's an added factor, you know, with the with, with coming in, and I I I, I don't feel Benjamin Logan's going to give them uh, too much trouble. Uh, Nick did say to me he's worried about this game, and I said to him, I says, Nick, you're always worried. <laughs> so yeah, I know, I know. He says, but I'm worried about this game. He's so, wired pretty tight. And uh, but it'll be a, a a big a big game for him to to get that second win, um, and then they then they go up against uh, uh, Graham and Urbana, who he thinks probably you know the, uh, the next two. Two best teams. I kind of followed Urbana. Urbana had a couple Urbana. wins early Urbana's where I was like four and two right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's which that's, that's not good for Urbana in the nineties, but for Urbana no. lately, that's yeah. a, that's a nice yeah. turnaround for them. Yeah. I, I I think it'll be a a, a Northeastern win come Friday night and move on to the next week. You know, we talk about numbers all the time, and sometimes those numbers can be deceiving, especially in in triads two and four record. They're a two and four team on paper, but I don't think they're really a two and four team when it comes to putting the product out on the field. So, talk a little bit about tri- Triad's last game, Alexi. So, uh, they went on the road to face the Indians of Mechanicsburg, and the contest ended 34 to 12. Um, a bulk of Mechanicsburg's points were scored in the second quarter, uh, they scored 20 points uh, during that time. Uh, compared to Triad six, um, and you know, I mean, <laughs> awesome Mitchell. Do I have to keep saying his name? Yes, I do because uh, he had 22 uh, carries, 181 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Um, Caden Neverhart at quarterback. He also got some uh, production on the ground a little bit, but um, through the air, uh, he committed two turnovers, had one touchdown uh, late in the game as well. Um, you know. When I was talking to Dylan Friday night, he communicated to me that both the both offenses performed equally. Uh, it was just a matter of uh, penalties and turnovers on Triad's part that really uh, held them back from staying within uh, a competitive uh, advantage with the lead and stuff. Um, and I, I mean, I gotta say, like, you know, the way that this team plays, like. It makes me kind of proud to like cover them because they they compete, you know. Like they really do uh, not hold back. Doesn't matter who their opponent is. They played a state rank opponent in uh, Catholic Central not too long ago, and they gave them a run for their money. Um, and I mean, like with that being said, the defense allowed a uh, Jaden Rowland from uh, Mechanicsburg to kind of go off both in rushing and passing. Uh, Roland got 125 yards through the air, uh, two touchdowns on the on on the score. Is he the starter? Yeah, did I he, believe so. Did he play the whole game? Uh, yes, because he, he also got 163 yards on the ground. Just just asking. <laughs> There's, just, just to throw it out, there were rumors bouncing around that maybe there were some issues with starters from the week before when they lost 35 to nothing. Mechanicsburg, right. 
in that some some people may have gone to a concert that night, and I didn't know if anybody then got held out of this game because of that. This is so, alleged. Yeah, alleged. Uh, I said there were some rumors going around. You know, I just didn't know. I didn't – basically – I was just asking if it seemed like all the starters were in there the whole game, and I mean, yeah, no. If the quarterback was, it sounds like they probably were. Well, Dylan was preparing for the fact that the starters were going to play. Um, that's at least what he told me leading sure. up to the game. So, um, talking. I gotta, about, I gotta say just real quick, like um, for a running back to get 180 yards rushing against Mechanicsburg, that's got to be one of their highest numbers of somebody being able to gain that many yards based on, you know, Mechanicsburg's, you know, reputation and history. So I, I think that the uh, uh, the number is, is pretty outstanding when you consider who the opponent was. Well, I mean, you know, Awesome has uh, 812 yards on the ground just throughout the season, seven touchdowns um, and, and 104 carries. He's He's the guy. For triad, no doubt about it. Um, more so, you know, with this past game, uh, he jumped into second, um, the second ranked position in terms of uh, rushing yards uh, when it comes to the Ohio Heritage Conference. Um, you know, only behind Catholic Central's uh, Daniel Kamara. Um, he also jumped into the top five in terms of sacks. He had one sack against Mechanicsburg. He's what, a um, sophomore? Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I mean, that's nice. That's nice. I mean, he also had two tackles for a loss as well um, on defense, just to kind of make note of that as well. But I mean, he, uh, this this team competes, and when you look at the production that he has on the ground, I think it's really hard to, you know, every week we talk about this kid, but I think every single week I I need to make a point to also give a shout out to the offensive line, and not only just the offensive line, but the but the wide receivers and tight ends that also throw their shoulders block downfield. That's um, you know, that's that's good that you're right about the offensive line because a lot of times smaller schools, as we've said before, you might be able to find a running back, but you have to find five offensive linemen. You know, to block for that guy. So you've got to have some depth there to get that working. And I think Tim and I have both seen triad teams that have had talented skill positions before, but never had that line in front of them that could really they sustain. Get they just broke big and, plays yeah. here and there. You know, it's it's nice that he, this they're kind of putting it all together with that. Even though it's funny to say with a team that's got two wins, but I think we all kind of see the way they're trending. How many teams are in their region? Do you know? Well, they're in the same region, like, Region 24, as Fairbanks. How many wins do you think it's going to take to get them in the playoffs? Well, uh, some people are saying three. Okay. Now, here's what I say: like, you generally don't want to play those top four teams because you're going to get a, right. you're going to get one of those teams yeah. that's got some culture built there. You don't want yeah. to run into a cold water or something like that. So, how, how many would they have to win to not? Maybe four. If they played four, maybe they can avoid the top four. If they four got four teams. wins, they could avoid the top four teams because in the region. Triad is- strikes me as a team that they could rise up and, and and snatch somebody that's not, you know, the upper tier, the upper echelon. They could they could go on the road against a a team. You know, that gets the home field advantage. Yeah, that maybe has six wins Mm -hmm. and reach up and surprise somebody. Well, they they can't be taken lightly. And we'll talk in a couple minutes about a local coach who knows that 
try A can't be taken lightly. Did you have anything else that you... No, I, I, did, I think just want to reiterate that the fact that um, triad is triads in good hands, like I keep saying week week by week. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to a school this size, you really have to uh, give credit to the culture that they're trying to build. Um, and with, with everything that's going on... Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe they get their numbers up next year. I mean, you got, they got to have some coaching continuity too. They've got to, yeah, they've got to keep a coach there. Yeah. Start. You can't, this is Dylan's third year. I think. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, so they've got some athletes They're They're playing good football. If they get a coach that sticks around, you know, they start turning that corner. But with that being said, we, the, the Cardinals are on the road this week. Uh, and, I don't know if you want to kind of lead well, that conversation. Yeah, they they're they're coming to Fairbanks on Friday, and it's Fairbanks's homecoming, and Fairbanks better not be napping, or they could be in some trouble. But Patrick Cotter of Fairbanks knows that his team cannot let up or not have an A type of game against Triad. And he told me when I talked to him Monday that he's not surprised that Triad's getting their culture built up. He's he's think, thought back to his third year at Fairbanks. Their first two years when Patrick was head coach, they won two games mm-hmm. in that two-year time span. He said, we got to my third year. They went. I think they went five and five that year. He said we started getting some things built back up, and he's seen the same thing with Triad. He, he says uh, uh, they've got a great coach. They've got some nice athletes. He knows that uh, they're going to have to keep an eye on awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows that. The biggest thing that he has seen, that they've got to cover their gap. It's, it's, it's a lot like what Marysville is going to have to do against Jerome. They're going to have to cover the gaps. He said we're going to have to cover everything from the front side C gap to the back side B. He says Mitchell's going to get through the gap because he's just that fast and that talented of a runner. He said we can't yak after that. We cannot give up any yards after contact. He says we've got to be sure tacklers. Um, That's where your linebackers come into play. Yeah, yeah, your linebacker and, and Fairbanks has had some good. They they've played well defensively. Or your safeties, but if your safeties start coming up, <laughs> it's, it's, you start. You're one. Pl- you're one. But then you're one play action right. yeah, pass yeah, away from from, from giving up seven from a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fairbanks is three and three, but. Yeah, they went to West Liberty last week, and they were uh, up 14 to – I think they were up 14 to – no, it was tied 14-14. They, they, they were down 14-7, then they came back tied at 14-14, and they were driving toward a potential winning touchdown late in the game. Tied 14-14, threw an interception – return for a pick six and that was the oh end of the game God. there's that 14 point turnaround <laughs> there it is there it is and but you know as with any patrick cotter coach team they're going to bounce back and they know that they have to play 
uh, a good game. They've got all the pageantry and ceremonies of homecoming and and uh, three homecomings this week. Is that right? No, Marysville's in Fairbanks this week. Okay. North, North, we've had triads. North Unions was oh, North last Union's week. Was last week. Okay. Yeah, but uh, where Fairbanks differs from Triad, Triad's got one guy who does most of the damage. Mm-hmm. Fairbanks has got four or five guys who they're not going to come through with mind-boggling numbers. Right. But they're going to nickel and dime you to death. They're going to send both Greens at you, Riker and Brogan. They're going to send the Ray brothers, Noah and Nick. Uh, Ethan Kais is back from an injury that uh, prevented him from playing against Madison Plains. And A.J. Landon is developing much more confidence as a quarterback. He's just a junior this year. He started last year. Uh, they don't throw the ball a lot, but he, he has shown that he's not afraid to pull the ball down and take off running, too. So uh, Patrick thinks he can run against Triad's defense, and they're averaging 275 yards rushing a game. So he said running the ball is what we're built to do. That's what we hang our hats on. And he says it's this game's going to come down to fundamentals, 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 and then some more fundamentals. So yes, still at the end of the game last week when driving down to win, they threw the ball. And gave up pick six. Yeah. And it sometimes, has, sometimes you outthink yourself. I think, yeah, I, I think you know? that. Yeah, that came back. They know that came back to bite them. But you know, they were, you know, was it a third down play? I'm not sure if it was a third down okay. play, but it was. You know, it was just one of those things. Probably the minute that Landon let go of the ball, he wished he could reach out and have it back. But well, I was about to say, it sounds like from this past week, you know, turnovers were the definite. Uh, I guess. Uh, heel to both offenses um, mm-hmm. not in the same regard obviously because mm-hmm. you know that that that's a pretty that's a stunner right there no one not to throw that ball is a skill yeah. yeah i honestly marysville's quarterback seager this week on three different he doesn't like to run the ball that i don't know that he doesn't like to he doesn't run the ball that much yeah um he'll he'll tend to throw it away as opposed to run it mm-hmm. and three different times this week he pulled the ball down he made it like you could see that there was going to be a pro- he kind of reared back and then pulled it down to the last minute and took off, and yeah. he gained 30 yeah. or 35 yards rushing. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that much, you know, as a great decision, but those are really good decisions and hard yeah. to do, I would think, in high school is to yeah. when not to throw it. And, you know, it was just one of those mistakes that can happen in football at any level, and it, it, it came back and bit them, but uh, – um, I think I think these two teams are very comparable to one another, and I think it's going to be a really good game at the end of the day. I was going to say I think if this was the first game of the season or second, I think Fairbanks probably blows yeah. out. Yeah. But I think right now, with Triad having a couple of wins and hanging with two tough teams, yeah. I'll bet I'll bet Triad's confident, and I'll bet this is a lot closer game than oh, you would I, have thought it would. I I think maybe seven points separates, and it and it could come down to the depth that you were talking about. Fairbanks has in the running game, yeah. And that may you know, yeah. Uh, we're we're in the defense down. We're now that that three or four yard gain turns into mm-hmm. ten or twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. or they make a couple of fumbles though, and awesome cracks a couple of seventy plus yarders, and it's the exact opposite. Yeah, you know they've got. You know, Triad's got a home run hitter. This is, you know, this is a coin flip, I think. Well, you've what? never said that at the start of the year. No. <laughs> never in a million no. years would you have said no. that at the start of no, the year. No, 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 no. 
A game that I covered last week that wasn't a Speaking coin Speaking of a flip. coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> Someone got flipped. Is it a, a coin? <laughs> the only coin that was flipped was at the start of the game. Jonathan Alder hosted London. Now, we've said this before. I've said this before. I don't care if it's softball, basketball, football, marbles, marbles. tiddlywinks, Crabs. or... Paper, rock, scissors. People from these two teams absolutely do not like each other. Yeah. Didn't they hang a, a uniform, like a fake player and like effigy from a goalpost at Alder one time, I think, oh, when they played London? Oh, I think it was. I know yeah. that happened. It could have been West Jeff because there's a lot of that there too. Yeah. But I thought yeah. it was London back when both those teams were, were both really, really tough. But – <laughs> Mr. Putman, the next time the Mega Millions gets up to near record-breaking heights, I'm going to have you give me the numbers for the my my numbers for the lottery because you said it. Jonathan Alder beat North Union last year, turned around the next week, got clobbered by London. Like Yogi Berra said, it's deja vu all over again. Jonathan Alder goes up, beats North Union. The next week, they lay an lay egg against mm. London. Now, with that being my London is a very good team. What's their record? They are 5-1 and one now. They are a very good team. No question about it. London and West Jeff have both. They were real high, then yeah, they went real low, real, and then they come right yeah. back. It's, it's weird how they're never middle. Alder could not stop, stop London's running game. And Alder couldn't get much of a running game going. Uh, unofficially, from what I kept tally in my notebook, Cam Jewell did finish with 100 yards on 23 carries. But what Alder's net rushing was, after all the losses, was considerably below that. I don't have the official well, that's not very good. That's not a very good per-rush average. For what he normally does. No, for what what he normally does. But every you could tell they were keying on him. Every time he got the ball, there were four guys on him very quickly. And he was shaken up on a play late in the second half, but he came back. But he scored two of their touchdowns, and he kept them somewhat in the game, but it wasn't in God. the game very much. It was 49. They are to so hard 21. to figure out. J.A. is so hard yeah, to figure I, out. Yeah, I've year. watched them. I've watched them get blown out twice this year against London, and then earlier in the season. They won't see Carol. you anymore, then will they? Well, <laughs> either that, or they're going to charge me parking when I get down there, <laughs> or tell them to not they let me. They snatch up North Union again. Yeah, and then they, and then you know, generally good teams don't get blown out. Like, they lose, they can lose, but, man, like, they are so hard to figure out. Yeah. I don't know what – I don't – I mean, I was sure this year – well, I was sure last year that North Union would beat Jonathan Alder. And our wise owl over across the table from me here, Bob Putman, said, oh, be too surprised. We knew they'd be looking – we knew that both teams would be have that date circled on their calendar. Yeah, and yeah. If it didn't play out the exact same way, and then 
turn right around and Alder plays out the exact same way. That yeah, it's just I saw it. I saw it on Twitter. You know, one of the assistant coaches, who's also um, the head baseball coach at Alder, you know, he 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 gave a paragraph explanation on why this game was so important and why you live for nights like this. And then that happened, and I just go, hmm. <laughs> well, London did a lot of loving. Jonathan Alder. That's all I'll say. But with that being said, Alder's got a palate. Well, we've talked about a palate cleansing uh-huh. game coming up. Kenton Ridge has been very, very solid in the past, but they they haven't done much. Have you done any research Sorry, into Kenton Ridge yet? They they I think they've only lost one two games so far this year. So you know, and again, I think London's going to be or uh, Jonathan Alder's going to be a little. Uh, angry with themselves, and they—I think they're going to take it out on Canton Ridge. So that'll—that'll get them back. So what the we, win column. Like, if we look the rest of the season, like what's what's Alder? If you had to look at who they've got for opponents, where? Because I think they're a playoff team, but where they're do they a playoff fall? team. They, are they are they going to host? Are they going to be top? I, they're not going to be. I I don't think. Uh, you know they're four and two now. Uh, if they win out, which I think they still have to play Northeastern, I believe. So if we're looking at the remainder of the schedule, they have Kenton Ridge obviously this Friday. Um, that's a win. That's yeah. That's at their place also. They're traveling to Bell Fountain. Um, Bell Fountain's good this year. Yeah, that that one's that was that one's Bell Fountain if, gave was it Coldwater? Yeah. Bell Fountain gave Coldwater yeah. a game early in the season. Uh, and, then, and then the next following Friday, Tecumseh's coming to town, and then the following Friday uh, they what, go to Shawnee. What's Tecumseh? What are the records of those two? Yeah, we'll with Jonathan Alder, you know, records well, may or may not yeah, we'll come into Kenton play. Kenton Ridge. Kenton Ridge overall is 2-4. and four. Yeah, that's I a think win. they beat Kenton Ridge. That's a win. Bell Fountain is 5-1. and one. Right now I think they lose to uh, that, That's going to be a tough one. Uh, Tecumseh's 3-3, three and three, <laughs> um, and Shawnee is 5-1. and one. Yeah. Ooh, they got a tough finishing schedule. Yeah, they they, uh, uh, they got uh, a rough last three right there. Yeah, and I just uh, I don't know. I think they get in. They get in. and They travel. I think they're gonna get in maybe as a twelve, anywhere from a twelve through fourteen seed. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing their season now. I don't know about the the first game of the postseason, but I'm seeing this. Similar to how last season ended up with them going on the road right. to face a team. So, Triad and Fairbanks, it's a coin flip as far as their play. I mean, I they s- both could make it, I, if or I they both could fall out. I don't, I don't know yet. We're just going to have to wait and I, see. Fairbanks is three and three. They're three and three. I think, I think Fairbanks probably hangs on. I think Triad, Triad needs at least one more win. They need yeah. a statement. They need a statement win. They yeah. need to beat some teams that have got yeah. some wins under their belt. Right. I think Marysville's probably got. Marysville could have a loss or two coming up, and but basically could. what I'm getting at is I think we're all the first week of the playoffs. I think we're all going to be on the road. I I think so. <laughs> I think well, North North, North Union will win. North Union, you're right. North Union will win. North Union gets a home game. They they would have and, to and they, they would were, have to tumble. They were North Union was picked to have two home games until that lost to Jonathan Alder and that knocked them out of the top four. But they're gonna have a home game to start things off. Um 
everybody else get your gas cards ready, yeah. I think, you know, because... Yeah. I just got to hope Marysville doesn't end up lined up with one of those Toledo teams. Uh, well, Whit- Whitmer when you, when you is. Look at divisions. You, you, the divisions are so, the regions are so big God. now. Yeah. That. But you, you know, know, if you look at if you look at the other Division One ones, though, you have like Cleveland, Youngstown, Akron. Mm-hmm. You've got the other half of Columbus, and then you've got Cincinnati, and then Marysville is over here with Toledo to Dayton. Mm-hmm. It's like they went from Toledo to Dayton and shaved off a few teams yeah. from the Columbus region, and Marysville's in there. And if they, God, Whit- I don't want Whitmer, to drive to Toledo. Whit- Whitmer could be. They, they list Whitmer and Perry. On and on well, Whitmer and Perry are both good. Yeah. Jerome beat both of those teams yeah. to start the season, and both of them are still like yeah. one or two losses. I and, think Marysville's probably the farthest – West of any of the central district teams, I believe. D one. Yeah, and D one. So I would think so. Yeah. Why that they they're sure they send them to the region. They get shaved they off. Did. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to play with. Yeah, that's and Dayton to Dayton either. You know, there's well some Dayton's teams. a little, it's cl- but it's closer than Toledo. What was what is it Whitmer that we thought we were gonna Marysville was gonna play him at Bell Fountain? Yeah. In in the. What and then they third sent, round of yeah the playoffs. They, was, they sent us up to uh, Lima, Lima mm-hmm. the home of the what were those hamburgers we couldn't even get uh, Crystal no QB no. was it QB QBs yeah yeah QB burgers we wanted to get some after we heard the game. about these things it's something famous to Lima and man I'm telling you that line was out to the street <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it was all blue and red all yeah, the Marysville people fourths, got up there ahead of us three four some were Marys they got QB burgers and we got nothing <laughs> well, we, 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 stay, we all the way home yeah, we, we had to stay behind and, and do our wrap up and all these Marysville fans they went yeah. Mark I'm going to get him we got nothing they got QB well that Every, brings us to our players of the week this week uh, we're going to have a first here. We've never had a place kicker. Mm. I'm telling player you. of the week. I look. If you looked at it, he was a weapon. Yeah. He was a weapon, and he changed the he changed the the strategy. Yeah, that's forty nine yard 40, field goal. 42, 42. 42. That's a but that's a boot in high school. Yeah. I mean, you don't see many of those, and he comes through, and and instead of a tie going into the. Instead of, of tie their their headers, were they behind? When they, they kicked the field well, goal? if the other team's kid had kicked a field goal, they'd have had to go for a touchdown. He he kicked two of them, yeah. obviously. So I was talking about the one at the end of the first half. Did he? Uh, the that half? gave them the lead. Okay. That yeah. gave them a, a that was 10-7. The 42 yarder, right? That was the shorter one. That, that was, was the twenty-nine. One. Oh, okay. But it, but that was the answer to that long drive. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and Brent said that he said, look, I the forty-two yarder. He said. He said, a lot of people may not have agreed with me sending him out there to try one that long. He said, but I wanted points right there. He said, I wanted to get something positive out of that and get points. And, I mean, and that's worked. a month. Look, I mean, seriously, look, it, at every turn, his kicks meant something. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they were at crucial points. Yeah. And then at the very end, played into the entire yeah. mindset of the, of the, you know, the closing strategy. He's the only one that has seen – him day by day, so he knew what he could kick. Mm-hmm. Well, so Xavier, the team knew when he kicked that forty-two yarder. Yeah. They knew what he had. In so Xavier Heller from Mary is Marysville's player of the week. Fairbanks' player of the week is uh, Rafi Rafi Stoffer, a receiver, caught three key passes, scored a touchdown, and a loss to West Liberty Salem. Uh, Bob, we'll talk about Caden uh, Lassiter, uh, the North Union quarterback. Uh, even though he played barely a uh, quarter and a half. Uh, he he went uh, 
five for five for 100 and I forget what, uh, for 115 yards. So, I mean, uh, when, when you don't play, it's hard to pick somebody because yeah. they were not in there. Yeah, and, but uh, he was a five for five for 115. And so. I don't know what he's – I don't know if he's got college ball in him or whatever, but – you look at some situations, like you look at the kid you were talking about from Ben Logan as a quarterback who's chucking it all the time because he's always behind on a bad team. And if, you know, then this kid's getting taken out in a quarter and a half with 100, 100 yards, whereas if he stays in, even into the third quarter, maybe he gets that thing up to 300 yards, you know. Well, it's, it's rough sometimes to be a quarterback yeah. on a good team. This is just my opinion. He's probably their most improved player from yeah. last year, uh, just in the way he's been able to handle the – the quarterback position. And, and oh, are we, why are we even messing with Triad? Well. Every week. Every week. Well, you, every, just put his name on the plaque and just send it up there or something. Like, you know. My man awesome is going to be the team MVP. But, yeah. you know. When it's all said and done. And, well, yeah, yeah. And he had numbers last week against McKinksburg that said, pick me, I'm player of the week yeah. again. But. We try to spread the love around. <laughs> so this week, Drew Einstein. Oh, we are picking some. Oh, is I a apologize. Line, I thought a linebacker. As the, the praise heaped on awesome during the uh, recap. I thought for yeah. sure he was. Einstein uh, had six total tackles. Uh, nine total tackles. Nine total, yeah, uh, nine total tackles. Six of them were six sold. Six of them were sold. That's good. You know the defensive so, players really get they get they get the shaft. They do get the like shaft in. If An people, offensive lineman, if, too. Well, you know, that's, all, that's the nature of you want to you want to be nameless and being an off. If they know your name is an offensive lineman, it's because you hold a lot. <laughs> Look at Ohio State. The only offensive lineman you know outside of Orlando Pace are the guys that hold a lot. So, but just for anybody that reads the paper or listens to this, the reason a lot of times defensive guys kind of get the shaft is because they keep offensive stats at the game. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the defensive stats don't get done. They do them on film yeah. after. So we don't have them for the paper. You know, a lot of times we won't have them when the podcast is made. It's unfortunate. There's probably a lot of real deserving defensive players. And, and the other thing is, when we're out covering football games, a lot of us, we're watching the game through the lens of a camera that follows the ball. Yeah. So it, it's harder to see sometimes the impact those defensive guys are making, you know, because you're watching it through such a narrow frame. So and there probably are some real deserving defensive guys that we haven't named in these. And even even the offense, even the offensive line, play, defensive line play, even on, on, on the same note yeah. Yeah. when it comes to that because you're so, again, narrow focused. Well, look at Mary's. Mary's runs a 4-4. Your defensive linemen are supposed to get in there and just eat blockers. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get double teamed. You're not going to be player of the game just sitting there eating a double team the whole the whole time. That's, Even if you're doing playing a game of your life, doing exactly that's what not you're supposed glamorous, to do. you yeah. know. Yeah. But, but you're right about the number you, defensive guys. You, they're not easily right uh, put together because sure. So you know, as I, writers, we can't really yeah, do right. that that much either. So. That's right. I, I found some stats from the Mechanicsburg game on the OHC website because you know I'm thinking, yeah, awesome or had a great game but i don't want to name him again you know let's uh, again spread it around so i saw what drew did drew einstein did yeah, it's said, good. nine total tackles is good yeah it's real good and as far as jonathan alder next question next question <laughs> now now cam jewel he scored two touchdowns and again had 100 yards and yeah you know i i left that game 
coming back to the office Friday night, and I'm going like, oh, my gosh, who am I going to name player of the week for Alder this week? And that team's a Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> that team's a Scooby-Doo villain. Alder. You just you don't know what's under the mask. And, you, you don't. Know, until you, you pull don't. the damn thing it, off. It's just, again, they could be a completely different team from yeah. one week to the next. All right, well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information, and thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure and subscribe to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast pages. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week uh, and reach out to us. Let us know what you enjoy about the show, maybe what you would like to hear more of. Uh, we always appreciate the feedback and, and whatever can help keep this conversation going. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.